Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas from Edmonton, Tom Turman from here in St. Louis. Well, man, our uh, our Blues are officially underway. They uh, played the uh, Chicago Blackhawks in preseason action up in Edmonton, and uh, JT, uh, not an not at all an impressive performance from our from our heroes. No, they in every I think in every way you can imagine they looked like they hadn't played a game in 141 days. So it was good to get a game in. They know what they have to work on, which I think is basically uh, everything. And again, preseason game. This is a veteran, mature team. But uh, you know, Ryan O'Reilly did say, "Hey, we, we've got to wake up." And so uh, I, I don't know if you, you, you say they need a wake up call, but they they've talked all along about ramping up. They're they're still looks like they're near the bottom of the ramp there. So. <laughs> Urgency did not seem to be uh, high on the list uh, yesterday. They. They seem to know they, they got more practices. They got, you know, what, more than a week until uh, elimination games begin for them. And they're going to they're gonna use all that runway. And they're not going to – these players <laughs> thought, we're not going to leave it out there on, uh, on this preseason game. Yeah, they did looked as uh, – as uh, I believe Tom Timmerman has said in the past, like, what, three minutes ago that uh, before we were on the air, they, they looked like a team that, that knew their next game wasn't life or death. And that's the whole thing about the round robin, guys. I mean, it, it's just a way – and Bettman basically admitted it. It's a way to have these teams doing something while the other teams are in these, this best of five uh, uh, battle to the, the death. It's just to help them knock off some rust. I, I don't know how you get all that motivated for a round robin game. I mean, is seeding really that important? There no. is no home ice in a seven game series. Okay. You're going to get the last change four times, but there's, there's no fans. And as Chicago showed the 12th seed, even though it was an exhibition game, mm-hmm. there's about this much difference between yeah. the number one and 12 team. So I don't know. What's your motivation, Jeff Gordon, if you're playing in a round-robin game? Yeah, it's a great question. And we've, we've talked about, you know, the need for this team to get to their physical game quickly. And you start throwing yourself around uh, in these games before you start playing elimination hockey. And, and, you know, there's a risk of injury. You know, Sammy Blaze out there trying to run around, bang into people. But uh, it can uh, – the rest of the guys were in no rush to do that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, why do you want to get two, three guys banged up before we start playing elimination games, Tom? Yeah, no, it's, if there's one thing you want to do is you want to be, you're, you're fit now and you want to be fit when the elimination games begin. It, it would be silly to, to risk someone or someone to risk a, an injury right now for a game that essentially doesn't matter. So I, I think it's tough, you know, as much as Craig Bruby can say, you know, we've got to, you know, we're going to be playing games that matter really fast. It's not that fast, and they're going to have to say, you know, and he's said it too. I mean, we're going to look at guys. I mean, they're probably going to use two goalies uh, during these round-robin games, and they have to approach them with, we need to be at our best when that playoff series begins, and whether we're the one seed or the four seed, I think, you know, ultimately to them isn't that big a difference. Yeah, if you, were, if you rolled out Troy Brower last night, don't you think Allen has to start one of these games? Don't you think you have to get Cairo? Della Rose in, 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 in one of these games, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I agree. I mean, they, 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 they should use these games to, to more to get guys ready than to worry about the results. All right. So speaking of results, we need to look at the, uh, the dismal power play first. It just seemed the guys were um, trying to make the sorts of passes that you would make if you were in mid season form, they're trying to thread some needles and, you know, for the, 
one millionth time on this podcast, we'll have to su suggest maybe <laughs> that he should just, you know, shoot, shoot more and, and be more direct, which the chief mentioned after the game. It just, you know, they, they seem to, um, I don't know, JT seemed a little cute with the, the man advantage, which, um, you know, really not a, mm -hmm. not a great start on that front. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're looking for points, not, not style points. So yeah, that's a, uh, a bad habit they, they fall into, and they definitely fell into that last night. You were saying, uh, we were talking before about how, you know, the ice, and you can't use the ice as an excuse, but the Blues have to keep in mind how the ice is, and it looks like this is not going to be ice that is conducive to those cute passes. You, you can't do it. You're going to have to, you know, at least in these early stages when there are three games a day on the ice, that it's going to be bad. And so you can't think I'm going to perfectly lace this pass through four sticks and eight legs and get where it's going. It's not going to happen. A lot of so, times the players will say they're at, at home, they get too cute because they're trying to show off for the fans. Well, Hey, there are no fans to show off for here. So at least in the building. Think, yeah. What did we think of the, uh, the second unit uh, 91 goes on that um, the pen potentials there with a playmaker like Robert Thomas, the potentials there, with Pareko, if he uses his shot, uh, we know Tyler Bozak's a good good guy with the man advantage, a, a clever player, uh, plays well off of skilled people. Uh, what hard to say? We didn't get a lot of a long look at that group, but uh, what's our impression? Did the minimal number of shots they had did, did they come from the second unit? I, I think the second, you know, if you were to measure lack of productivity, I think the second unit actually was still ahead of the first unit. And you know, we made the case right before the break, you know that. The second unit deserved more time than the first unit in a lot of cases. And now that it's got Tarasenko on it, there's maybe even a stronger case for that, uh, for the second unit being the one that uh, you want to get more time. Yeah, I, I hope, and, and this usually isn't Barubi's MO, but I hope he just, just stick with the way you have it set up right now. The, the first unit during the regular season did very good, very good. And uh, let's, let's, let's see. Let's let this marinate a little bit with Tarasenko and Thomas on on the second team. So I hope he doesn't make a uh, Mike Yo like decision and change everything <laughs> at, at, at the moment. I, I said that just for you, Jeff. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Harkening back to the uh, frantic last days of scrambling and desperate, uh, sweaty Mike Yo trying to trying to wring a victory or two out of his team before he got canned. Well, uh, the chief, uh, you know, it took him a while to get him his uh, chemistry established with the group. We know that piece is there. Um, so now it's, uh, now, now, now it's a question of, okay, uh, this Blues team has had a history of um, getting us smacked a bit and then refocusing and then coming right back and, and being a different group. And I guess for Blues fans, you have to know that whatever discussion they're having today is going to be similar to the ones they've had in the past, JT, where, all right, you know, you see what we have to work on. That was miserable. Uh, it's back to work. Yeah, and I don't know if they'll have any discussions today. They actually are off unless they have a players-only meeting, which I, I don't know if a 4 nothing exhibition really, loss uh, really, really requires a players-only meeting. But, yeah, uh, they, they, they have shown an ability to, to bounce back, I'm sure. And this was one of those post-games where sometimes after a bad effort, and, again, the last thing you want to see the head coach do is overreact after an exhibition loss. But uh, this was the Comba Ruby after the game. And one thing he said after all losses, he, he doesn't speak to the team in the dressing room right after a loss because he doesn't want his emotions. And Chief uh, has shown some emotions in the past to get the, to get the best of him. And so uh, it may be till Friday till he, he talks to the team. 
this is a team, though, that needs games, and this early schedule is just weird. Now we've got to wait all the way to Sunday for a game. Then after the Colorado game, we got to wait all the way till Thursday for another game, and then they go all the way to Sunday. You know, once they get into the uh, elimination round, the round of 16, it'll be like every other day hockey. So I don't know if extra practice time is, is all that, that conducive for these guys right now. Hell, they've been practicing for, it seems like, three months before they got here and lost four to nothing. Well, they, I think they have no choice but to have a players-only meeting because they've got nowhere else to go. They, they have, you know, it's either all in their hotel room. We're all in the same room. Hey, let's sit down and talk about this. It's, it's in the lounge at the end of the hall. So between, you know, ping pong games or what have you, you know, uh, things might get discussed or maybe not. Um, yeah, this is a team that bounces back well. That You know, they are not a team that has been prone to long losing streaks. Uh, they they mess something up and then they, they clean up their mistakes very well. So, uh, they learn from their mistakes very well. That's I think, something we've seen from these this team under Baruby. Now, it's interesting coming up with Colorado because there, there's a team that's going to be um, more probably more motivated coming into the round robin because there's a belief with the Avalanche that within the group that this is their time. You know, this is a skilled team. They played through a lot of injuries. They, they were very impressive this year under a lot of adversity. They've got the group back together again. Clearly, it's a, it's a highly skilled team that uh, seems to be ready to come of age. And, but that's something they've got to establish still. And, and that's, I guess that's going to have to start with the, uh, the round robin because they try to, try to flex and try to get going. Uh, you know, JT, I, I'd expect to see a very good Colorado team, given the fact that there's, a, there's an energy with that group where they see an opportunity, the Lance do, to, to, to make it their year. Yeah, and they're, they're healthy. They made it through the uh... – uh, regular season with a lot of injuries, especially to, to frontline guys, and they're very confident. And uh, I think you got to start Bennington against these guys just because of the last two games. They're both in Colorado, and they're two of Bennington's worst performances. What seven to three and five to two? I want to say those are the last two memories that Colorado has of facing Jordan Bennington, and they got him a lot. Not exactly similar to what happened, but. Uh, uh, in terms of like backdoor stuff, like uh, uh, going cross rank. And I've heard people say that Bennington needs to kind of get his leg strength to, to make that switch from the left side of the net to the right side. And those are both backdoor goals last night, although I, I don't think he had much chance on, on either of them. And Colorado, it's almost like they're looking for that. They, they do a lot of that against Bennington. And I, I think it could be a statement, Ron Robert or not, if Bennington's out there and plays well, hey, what happened in the regular season is over. This, this is who I am, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Ruby uh, plays it. I think even if he starts Allen in a game, I wouldn't think it would be the first round robin game. Yeah, I mean, Colorado, I think, has more, it kind of has more to prove. They want to show, you know, that they are this team that has got its act together and can do something. And the Blues are like, okay, we, we won the Stanley Cup. We're building for – Next week, when that comes, have at it, boys. And but you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to be buried in an avalanche by Colorado. You don't want that, uh, you know, you have a bad loss there. Uh, you know, you don't want, you know, let's see how many Western Conference puns we can make in one podcast. You don't want the other team to run wild uh, on you there. And, uh, <laughs> Blues hope to have a good night against Vegas. I know that. So. <laughs> a golden night? You think so? Well, maybe. <laughs> anyway, you know. But yeah, you know, do you, do you go Bennington, Allen, Bennington? 
you know, it's probably that might be the way to go just to, to build things up. But yeah, I think, you know, I think Col you know, Dallas has things they need to sort out here, but I think Colorado is like, okay, let's, let's attack and let's go right now. Yeah. And of course, JT, uh, <laughs> you, you look at that group and uh, you know, boy, McKinnon, just a fabulous year attacks at 110 miles an hour when he's able to play with Rantanen, they're, they're just dynamic together. Uh, they're getting, uh, they've got more depth this year offensively. They can, they can move Landis Cog down. They can keep them on, together on a super line. They can move them down and have you know, really three pretty good lines. You know, Cadre was a great pickup for those guys. Uh, just a really good all-around hockey player. He's going to help them on the power play. He's going to give them depth. Uh, you know, geez, you just – and, you know, and then you can kill McCarr. Uh, just an excellent year coming in as a rookie on, on D. Our old friend Eric Johnson, old friend Ian Cole, who's their leader in a sense because he's got cup experience. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, – and, and I think the, the coach got a little surly with them during their practices. He was trying to get their attention. And uh, all in all, I, I, I like the test. It's, it's weird that, like you say, it's so spaced out. But so it takes away some of the urgency. But, man, this is, a, you know, on the big stage with everybody watching this game, uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're right. I think the biggest difference in Colorado this year to, to last year and, and, and even the year before is they, they have more depth. It's, it's not just that, uh, that type line. And I like McCarr a lot. I like him so much more than uh, Hughes up in Vancouver just in terms of what I've seen in, in games that I've covered. I, I, I think he's a, 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 a dynamic player. And McKinnon is, God, he's just, he's so much fun to watch. I mean, he's so fast and, 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 and so dynamic. So, uh, uh, yeah. And I, I, I think Tom makes a great point. Just their, their motivation for this round robin is, uh, is uh, I would think would be, would be higher. And it's kind of like, uh, going back to the old NFL stuff, like the, the preseason games, the exhibition games, usually the results almost would be determined on how much you're putting into this, how much you need this game, how much you're playing your regular stuff like that. And in kind of a different sort of way, even though this isn't an exhibition game, I think Colorado does have, they, they have a little bit more that they want to get out of this than maybe the blues. I was just thinking if the blues in the regular season had a stretch of games where they were going to play Colorado and Dallas and Vegas, the, the other three top teams in the Western Conference, we would look at this as an incredibly important week in their lives. I, I was determined they're playing the three other best teams in the conference. What does this say about how good this team is? And I guess there's some of that here, but we're still saying, you know, it doesn't, it's almost like they're exhibition games that you would like to have a good showing because they are playing the best teams. But if it doesn't happen, it, do, it doesn't happen. And I guess it's going to be how well do these games prepare them for when that elimination series begins against who knows who, anybody. Now, the, uh, the lineup was largely their, their regular group as they got into the exhibition season. However, Alexander Steen uh, was apparently dinged up. Uh, not too concerned about him uh, in terms of, uh, you know, missing time and not, not being able to adapt when he gets back in. But, but Vince Dunn, all the time he missed in practice, now he's trying to get up to speed. I think Vince Dunn's a guy that needs uh, the game action now. Uh, you want to have him on his toes so he's not turning the puck over, uh, you know, game one once the, uh, the elimination game start. And I think Dunn was playing very well down the, you know, the last uh, 10, 12 games defensively. You know, uh, occasionally, you know, he'll have trouble getting the puck out of his own zone, but I, I think he was much, much better there. So you want to get him going. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, he wouldn't be ready to go now with three more days. And I'm sure Friday will be a, 
a, a tough, tough practice day, and 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 maybe they scale it back a, a little bit uh, Saturday. But uh, yeah, it was a little weird with the extra players. Tom, did they? Is it twenty-two even for? The tournament, or was that just for the preseason? Just for that one game, just for the preseason. Okay, okay, because it, it was a little weird how the how the uh, minutes went. Uh, uh, there was only one player, Petro, twenty-one minutes that had over twenty minutes, and only one player, O'Reilly, who had even eighteen minutes. So it was a little bit weird how how he used people. Mikola and Bartuzo were alternating a little bit, and he he had a uh, little bit of a four-man rotation with that. Uh, with that fourth line, although Barbashev ended up with uh, 13 and a half minutes, which is about maybe what he, he normally gets. But I guess uh, since you're saying it's back to 20, that, that nonsense will be over. Yeah, I think this is just a case last night also where when you're not trying to win, you can just roll lines. You don't have to say, you know, late in the third period, oh, we're going to double shift the O'Reilly line or the Shen line to come back. You can just keep rolling Four lines and then having where did McKechnie end up? Did he get it like a did he move up? Who was he with there at the end? He he had a brief appearance in Zach Sanford's spot, it appeared, but I think it may have only been for one, possibly two shifts. Uh, and then it went back. I and I don't know uh, what was the motivation about that. Jeff, I was wondering, do you, was that the best lineup the Blues have ever fielded in an exhibition game? I mean, it was oh. all NHL players, there was no, yeah, you get a you know, a Clem Costin, a Derek Pouliot, someone like that in there. All NHL players, a rarity for an exhibition game. Yeah, there was no uh, Dominic Lavoie out yeah. there. Uh, it's, 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 Rob O'Gara. Uh, Rob O'Gara, the fighting Irishman. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know I mean, no offense to, you know, Nathan Walker or any of the other guys, but it's uh, – no, it was uh, – it was a, it was it was interesting to watch. The, the added guys were was an oddity. I think it was in, important that Barbashev uh, got some uh, some ice time because now with JT, what's his schedule in terms of uh, ducking out from the uh, the group? Is that going to? Well, come? he told me it was it was mid August when his wife uh, was due, but uh, Baruby said it. Might, he seemed to indicate it would be some at some point during the. Uh, uh, the round robin, which goes only to August 9th. So it's, it's going to be pretty quick. And Tom and I have perused these uh, protocol. It's like 800 pages. It's like looking at the Dead Sea Scrolls or something. But we think it's what? He's got to pass. It's got to be what? Four, four days? Four tests. Four, yes. He's got to pass four tests in four days. When he when gets, he gets back. back. It's not... It's not like a 14-day quarantine or anything like that. So, yeah. But as you... I think you wrote, it. it looks like between the time he leaves and comes back and passes the test, it could be a week, right? Easily. Yeah, it would think that way. If it's one, you know, depending on how closely they time it or how quickly his wife produces a child, uh, <laughs> you know, if you, if you get there and have, oh, wait, the baby's not coming until tomorrow. And then, yeah. and, and then how, how emotional he is and how long he wants to stay afterwards. Or it's like, baby's out, back to the airport. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe Baruby is telling him, hey, you want to, I know it's mid-August. Can you, can you move this up a little bit and, so we well, can we can have it ready once we get to the round of sixteen. Yeah, and and there may be different rules in case if he were to fly a, a charter plane back rather than flying commercial. Uh -huh. That also uh -huh. may factor in the uh, you know the equation here. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was might have been Brian Sutter who in in a situation similar to this would always have the uh, Alberta answer to uh, trying to uh, impact the timeline of a, a baby's arrival with uh, involving a, a pickup truck and a bumpy road. <laughs> trying to just, um, you know, 
can we just move it along a little bit here because we've got stuff. I don't think that's recommended. I mean, maybe it's just Canadian uh -huh. thing, but I don't uh -huh. know that that's it's really the route. What, you, what you, don't same, you don't think four out of five doctors would recommend that? No, what is St. No. Louis's worst highway? Is, is, is I is forty four <laughs> the the one to, to drive on? Find something with a bunch of potholes. Yeah. 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 It's uh. So you know he's got he's got to pose for a picture, you know, do the you know hug a little bit, and then hey, you know, <laughs> Chief needs you back. A little Instagram, and hey, we're out of here. <laughs> now, First child we, uh, too. So now, in terms of uh, the uh, the vibe that you're getting up there, JT, from the uh, just what they're trying to offer the players. A lot of the guys are talking about how they felt it was going to be like uh, summer tournament hockey back before they got deep into their junior careers where you would go someplace and you'd camp out in the hotel and you would play a bunch of games and, you know, do a bunch of things as a group, like in the old days. It seems like, um, by all accounts so far, you know, it's early, but, by, you know, it does seem like uh, the adaptation's going pretty well. The, you know, everybody got in one piece, the team's got in one piece, and, um, and the setup is, is not too bad for the players. Yeah, we saw some, uh, uh, I don't know if it was NHL or Blues video of Pareko and, it might have been Scandella playing ping pong. They don't quite look like Forrest Gump when he was starring for the U.S., so they need to work on the ping pong game. So you, you got that going for him. There's a uh, supposedly, and some players are said they look forward to it, The uh, in like maybe two weeks if everything's going well, they might lighten it up where they get to take excursions. Like they, There's a golf, pretty nice golf course, I hear, uh, pretty close to downtown Edmonton maybe close down the golf course and go out and have them, uh, them play golf. But I, yeah, the setup's pretty good. I, I'm loving Braden Shen and all this. He was the one who, uh, remember at the very last minute said he had no idea what was going on there. Remember the, the whole team was supposed to see this hour long video and Shen swore he hadn't seen it. He, he doesn't seem overly impressed with, uh, what the, what the setup is here, but, uh, you need to take the, that Spartan Vladdy Tarasenko approach, bed, food, all I need. When you got a guy that's lived in Siberia, that's, you know, you, you develop that <laughs> mindset, I think. It's like, Come on, it's a business trip, guys. You, you, have, you, yeah. you, you, have, you had four months. Well, you didn't really have four months to do what you wanted. Never mind. I strike that comment. Yeah, it's an easy job being the concierge at the hotel when Vladdy's taking a vacation, I guess, because his, <laughs> his expectations are minimal. He's, he's not asking for the omelet guy to come up with his omelet station. No, not going down for the body massage or uh, playing uh, ski ball or whatever. No, the food bed. So what did we uh, what did we think of ninety one? I mean, he got a few shots on that. He looked like he was he was like he was looking for a shot, or at least he got shots toward the net. Uh, you know, he seemed engaged. I mean, it's hard to tell about any of the individuals because they were just sort of they weren't connecting a lot off. They weren't building much offensively, but he didn't seem bad. I think he felt he had to do something. I think he he went in the game as maybe differently with a mindset from other and saying, you know, I've got things to work on. I got things to show. This is the first game I played in nine months. Uh, I'm going to take shots. I'm going to try to <laughs> maximize what I get out of this uh, this 20 minutes of ice time that I'll have. So. Uh, I think that was a little bit evident that he was actually trying to do things for that reason. No, it's interesting. Yeah, and I, I would say just just okay. And you know, he looks so good at Centene. At least the the week at Centene, I was I was at, and the scrimmages I was able to stream and watch from up here. But you know, it was just as Allen Iverson would say, it was just practice and a little, little bit different. So I think he was I think he was a little rusty 
last night, and it, it, it showed, and the round-robin games will do him good. He played about 15 minutes last night, which is, what, about three, three, four minutes off what he, he normally does. Mm-hmm. Now, most critically of all, I think that people want to know uh, from Jim Thomas, now your quarantine is, uh, is winding down. Yes. Um, we've read about your imprisonment. And the things that does you it look like I've been in here for eleven days. Yeah, probably so, does. Okay. And, Actually, they uh, can't see this, right? This is just sound, right? Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So you're uh, now you uh, you're holding up. You don't feel like yeah. this hasn't been too bad. No, days have gone by soon. I, it was an exhibition game for me last night. I t- told Tom is the stuff we'd normally chatter about, and Tom was texting me and Ben, and I'm like, hey. Guys, slow down. I'm a, I'm a little bit rusty running, writing the running commentary. It's been four and a half months for, for us, too. And then, uh, you know, I was reduced to watching the game on the laptop. I'm in Canada. There's no NHL network on in this hotel, no NBC Sports Network. So I had to stream. And a couple points during the game, I lost the stream, and but I was able to uh, get it back. So, yeah, it was uh, – it was preseason for all of us. I, I think maybe I lost three or four to nothing last night, too. So, and Do you know precisely when the quarantine ends? I mean, is it at midnight on that night or when you wake up <laughs> on Sunday morning? All I know is I'm going to go out Sunday morning. I would assume just the end of the day, Saturday, I'm going to go out and breathe some fresh air. I'm just going to go out and maybe take a take a little walk. The, the weather's been great up here, although by Edmonton standards, it's been hot. People were just it was 91 degrees and they were freaking out like it's the end of the world as we know it. 91 is what? A normal day for St. Louis is what? Three months of the year, two months of the year. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, you know, I've, I've gotten uh, notifications from whoever's running the credentials over at Rogers every day, including last night's game that I'd been approved to attend the game. And I was tempted for just a second to just walk, walk over there and I'll watch the game in the stands, but I didn't. I behaved. So with those temperatures uh, being what they are, uh, like are polar bears wandering the streets <laughs> of Edmonton? I mean, I, this is global warming. You're getting you're on the front lines of global warming up there, JT. Uh, seriously, seriously. The, the weirdest thing is it gets dark up here so late. Like, it's not totally dark until like 11 p.m. mountain time. So that would be like midnight. So it's almost like an Oscar Sundquist effect. You know, he went back and he's like, what, two hours from the Arctic Circle where he lives in Sweden. I would, it was time to, and I've been going to bed early, getting up early. I, I have to put the uh, curtains down. So, so I, you know, that light is distracting me at night. But no, have not seen from my vantage point out the window, haven't seen any, any polar bears uh, running around in distress wearing Hawaiian shirts and with uh, little umbrella drinks. Have not seen any of them, but uh, normally it's like 70, 75 this time of year. And, uh, it's been very pleasant, and uh, but but they do say it generally snows in September. So if the Blues are here in September, not to sound alarmist with that, with the if, but uh, we we may see some snow. So I you know I packed some sweaters and hoodies and whatnot. Do you at least have air conditioning in your room? Yes, I actually with the ninety-one degree day, I had to turn it up a notch. Uh-huh. So does Tom Timmerman out of solidarity for his colleague Jim Thomas? Uh, are you just uh, shelter in place uh, in the STL. I know the numbers are up in the county, so we need to be careful, but are you just locking yourself in? Uh, in, in uh, essentially, yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and until Jim set free, I uh, 
I, I don't think actually, other than walking the dog, I, I've been, uh, you know, confined to quarters. So I have broken quarantine, uh, alas, uh, unlike my, my courageous colleague. But uh, yeah, you know, I, my, my house is a little bigger than Jim's hotel room. So I, I got a little more room to spread out. All right. So we will look forward to uh, the game on Sunday and a chance to talk some more about the Blues next week on NetFront Presence. Uh, we want to thank Jim Thomas from Edmonton as he's holed up waiting for another tuna sandwich to arrive at his room. Tom Timmerman still waiting to get his uh, first haircut since the pandemic struck. Yep. Uh, we appreciate your time. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been NetFront Presence on stltoday.com. A reminder, you can subscribe to this uh, podcast. Uh, tell your friends about it. You can find it on our website at stltoday.com slash podcast. All of our other great podcasts as well. And again, please, if you're not subscribing to the paper or have a digital subscription, please do that and support local journalism. Until next time, uh, for Tom, for JT, I'm Jeff. We'll see you later.